3: Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. It's the Tom Hartman program, and it being Wednesday in the first hour of our program, it's midweek, middays, with Mark, Congressman Mark Pocan, on the line with us, representing the 2nd District of Wisconsin, the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, his website, pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at RepMarkPocan. Congressman Pocan, welcome back to the program. Yes, no, maybe. It's on Oh, I put him on uh hang on just a second. Let, let me move him over to 2. Okay. We've got him on hybrid number 2. Congressman Pocan, can you hear me?
0: I can. Thanks. Uh, glad to be here.
3: Great. Thanks so much for being with us. We've we've got a new studio and and we're using uh, an older version of our call screen software for the moment as we're trying to figure out a bug in our new one and anyway, <laughs> it's no all good. So, uh, in your opinion, I, a lot has happened since we talked last week, and, and I'm curious what you think are the most consequential things that have happened in the past week, and what you're looking at coming up. What's what 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 is on your radar screen? Well,
0: you know, this is one of the weeks that we're back in district, so I've been doing town halls again um, in my district. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, uh, and um, I, I did one actually yesterday in Paul Ryan's district, um, uh, and. Whenever we do these town halls, we wind up getting a couple subjects that keep coming up, Uh, one being health care. People are still very, very concerned about what's going to ultimately happen. And then secondly, uh, this new um, tax cut for the wealthy package that they're putting out there. You know, Paul Ryan is going around Wisconsin telling everyone that they're doing this for the middle class. And, um, you know, as long as he means by the middle class, the Trump family, the Trump cabinet, the members of Mar-a-Lago and the top one percent, he's maybe accurate, but uh we're basically just trying to make sure people understand, you know, this is probably the biggest lie that I've heard since I've been in Congress on uh, how they're presenting this tax plan. And uh, those are the two issues, along with things like North Korea and some other issues.
3: But those are the big two that keep coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do, you, do you expect that? I mean, how do you think this is going to play out legislatively?
0: Well, I think the real question on this health care thing is, you know, once again, Donald Trump is, um, to no, no one's surprise, uh, being inconsistent. So, uh, you know, at one point last week he took away the subsidy to um, insurance companies to make sure that, you know, people can uh, have access to insurance through the Affordable Care Act. Then when there's a deal between Patty Murray and Lamar Alexander, he at first said he supported it. Probably didn't have a clue what he was actually saying. Then he said he didn't support it. Now I think this morning he said he didn't support it. We'll see if he goes back and forth a few more times. But you know, at least someone is trying to do something to address uh, the 20 million people that otherwise would lose their health insurance if the Republicans get their way. So I think that's one thing we're watching especially closely. And then when it comes to tax policy, you know, already Paul Ryan is starting to change. Some of the uh, the language they've been using as far as uh, maybe there won't it uh, won't take away the deduction for children, I guess is most recently what he's saying while he's here in Wisconsin and so again, this is a, a terrible plan that's going to benefit only the wealthiest in this country and he's trying to figure out how to reel back the terribleness of what their idea is
3: when you're doing your your uh, town halls in paul ryan's district do do people get it that that the that the Republican party is is basically only representing the interests of the wealthy and powerful. I mean, it, 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 do they, people? Is there a in your in your sense of it? Is there a broad understanding of that?
0: You know I'll tell you people I think are very upset with Paul Ryan in his district I mean he's completely ignored them hasn't done a public town hall for over 700 days it's you know becoming a couple years since he's done one and uh, you know he's the one who's putting out these terrible provisions to drop 20 million people from their health insurance he's the one out advocating for a tax plan that's not going to benefit very many people in the first congressional district of wisconsin and i think they're starting to really connect with that i think a big part of my job this week is explaining paul ryan keeps saying this is for the middle class donald trump kept saying he's not going to benefit from this and they're just both lying there's no other way to put it about what their plan does um, so i think we're just trying to make sure people fully understand how much their member of congress lies to them and then they can make a decision next november how to deal with this.
3: Yeah. Back on uh, March 29, 1952, Harry Truman spoke to this uh, issue of uh, the Republican Party and taxes. Uh, may I play a clip for you? I'd like to get your Absolutely. thoughts on, on you know Harry Truman's uh, era of Republicans versus today's. Heres here is a uh, former president of the United States Harry Truman.
4: Now I want to say something very important to you about this issue of morality in government. It is just as immoral to use the lawmaking power of the government to enrich the few at the expense of the many, as it is to steal money from the public treasury. That is stealing money from the public treasury. Legislation that favored the greed of monopoly and the turkey of Wall Street was a form of corruption that did the country country four times as much harm as teapot, Teapot Dome ever did. Private selfish interests are always trying to corrupt the government in this way. Powerful financial groups are always trying to get favors for themselves. Now the Democratic administration has been fighting against these efforts to corrupt the powers of government. We haven't always won, but we have never surrendered, and we never will.
3: And then he goes on to talk about uh, the. For all these years,
4: we've been fighting to use our natural resources for the benefit.
3: Oh, he he goes on from there. He he wraps it up with this kind of epic rant about the Republican Party, but uh, it's getting (laughs) the clip was getting too long there. So anyhow, your thoughts on, on uh, you know, he, he, I, back, basically his rant at the end, he says the Republican Party stands for vested interest in the wealthy and always has and always will.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I wish there was a shred of that kind of morality in the current Republican Party um, when it comes to, I think the tax plan is still the best example, Tom. I mean, they are outright presenting complete falsehoods about what this plan is about. And and now their most recent one they're trying to spin is that this will create all this growth, and that's why it's going to be better instead of adding to the deficit uh, or to the debt. And, you know, this is just an outrageous lie to say when the University of Chicago says that from what they can tell, this plan for a middle-class family making $50,000 with three children will wind up paying $1,400 more in taxes so you can get rid of the estate tax that affects about 2 out of every 1000 people in any given year. Uh you know, this is clearly redistribution of wealth from the bottom up and Paul Ryan this week was claiming uh that we're using class warfare against them and I would argue it's Paul Ryan who's conducting the warfare against all the rest of us.
3: Yeah, I, uh, what's his name? The uh the billionaire investor um... Made that comment, you know? Yes, there's class warfare. My class is is declared war, and we are winning. Um, I don't recall was that that wasn't George Soros that was Warren Buffett who said that. And it, it appears to be the case. It absolutely appears to be. The case. Congressman, you still with us? Yes, I'm okay. sorry. I,
0: yeah. I I think uh, maybe at the half hour break I'm going to switch phones because I'm getting an echo on this one. So uh, I think it's just, it might be my home phone.
3: Oh, okay. righty. Well, we have just, just a, uh, uh, a, minute till the break, and then we can pick up phone calls here. Uh, do, do you think that there is, it, you know, uh, Steve Mnuchin came out this morning and said, if Congress doesn't pass tax reform, you're going to see the Dow crash. Uh, I think we're going to see the Dow crash anyway, <laughs> you know, for a whole bunch of other reasons unrelated to that. But do you think that the, uh, and and his definition of tax reform, of course, is tax cuts for the, for the rich, You think it's going to pass? You know, I think they're going to have a hard time with the current
0: form of it. I mean, in the end of the day, I wouldn't be surprised that we wind up just doing some out and out tax cuts that'll still largely affect the wealthy the most. Um, Even on their current proposal, it's been estimated that in 10 years, 80% of it is going to go to the top 1% and 2%. You know, we already know that that's the current plan. And I think, you know, because of some of the exemptions they're having problems with, some of the the Senate Republicans, uh, they may have to just come through with a a smaller tax cut. But, again, it's still not going to be for the middle class, and we just have to be vigilant in fighting. I'm with the organization that says, you know, not one penny for the wealthy, and there's an organization with a lot of groups. Part of that,
3: I think we need to follow their efforts. Yeah. Amen. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour at midday's with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan. His website pocan p o c a n house gov. We'll be back with your calls for Congressman Pocan, right after this. This is the Tom Hartman program. Back with your calls for Congressman Mark Pocan, right after. This. welcome back. Uh, Randy in Ottawa, Iowa, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Thanks for watching Free Speech TV.
1: Hey, gentlemen. Um, I uh, basically wanted to call in because I I had watched a uh, 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 not necessarily a question, but it deals with uh, the tax cuts and the budget coming up. Um, I had watched a a CNN deal with Nancy Pelosi on uh, the Axe file or whatever A David (coughs) Rod. And I really like that. And they announced that Bernie was going to have a debate with um, Ted Cruz tonight on CNN about tax cuts or the budget. So um, pretty much, God bless you, Mark, for going into uh, Congressman Ryan's district and uh, taking care of the, the voters. And, and thanks for being a, a courageous and a good representative of the people. Uh, y'all have a great day.
3: Thank you, Randy. Congressman, your thoughts on uh, Randy's comments?
0: So, Tom, I couldn't hear anything Randy said, um, and I don't think it's my phone. I oh, really? think it might be the software.
3: Ah, okay. I'm going to, uh, Sean, I'm going to move uh, Congressman Pocan to Hybrid One. And so, Congressman, you still there? I am still here. Okay. I've, I've, I've reconfigured you on our software. Randy, uh, uh, you know, well, uh, Randy actually was more making a comment than asking a question. So let's see if we can get another person in here with a question. And uh, see how that works, Scott, in Cannon, Maine. Scott, you are on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi, Tom. Can you guys hear me? I can okay. hear you, Congressman Pocan. Can you hear okay. Scott? Yeah.
1: When he was on that other line, my television was beeping and staticing and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, I think stuff.
3: that was the caller. But uh, Congressman, can you hear Scott? Yes, I can hear him okay. perfectly. Great. Okay, okay. Scott,
1: ask Congressman. How correct. you? How have you been, Congressman? Been a long time. Um, I had a just a simple question, basically. With these companies that are overseas and they're putting their money in offshore accounts, that's, uh, you know, we know who they are, GE and Apple, and there, there's a few of them. Why, why hasn't anybody in the Senate or the Congress gone after them people for tax evasion? If I tried to hide $500 in an offshore account, the IRS would be all over me before I woke up in the morning. Why is there one rule for them and one for us? Why aren't you guys going after those people to get them for tax yeah, so evasion? Scott, there I mean, are, that's um, what um, it is. It's tax evasion instead of trying to Democrats. give them... I got it,
0: There are plenty of efforts uh, by Democrats to go after that. Uh, there are bills that we've introduced and I'm co-sponsors of to go after uh, that and make people take you know, collect that tax up front before they can put it overseas. Um, The problem is uh, the majority of the Republicans in the House and the Senate haven't uh, been willing to address that as an issue, and yet I I agree with you, all the rest of us uh, have it taken out of our paychecks, or we have to pay it in quarterly, and uh, we have to pay taxes, and somehow the bigger corporations are allowed to either via loophole, like an inversion, or via, um, they're arguing that the profits overseas shouldn't be taxed, and they've Uh, found other ways to try to hide it and land it over there. Uh, They just can't really bring it back, Um, but they know that Congress will and has in the past uh, done these holidays where they get, you know, pay uh, pennies on the dollar, and they can bring it back legally, and they're big enough that they can do that. So it's a a huge uh, issue. Uh, There are multiple bills. Um, I think uh, Lloyd Doggett has been probably the most articulate person, uh, the Democrat on the Ways and Means Committee, talking about these sort of things just we're not having the majority party at all participating in what I agree uh the like
3: on that. We'll be right back with more of your calls for Congressman Pokemon right after this Hey, Tom Harvin here with the Tom Harvin Program. You know I'm serious about my health, and so I'm doing something for it. You've heard me talking about SuperBeets. I'm drinking Super Beats, circulation superfood powder that helps support my heart and healthy blood pressure, too. I have amazing energy, amazing stamina as well. The New York Times calls Beets fitness in a glass. With Super Beats, I get all the benefits without the bad taste or added sugar. Mix it in water or a smoothie for a jitter-free energy boost. You'll love the taste of Super Beats and feel results in as little as 20 minutes guaranteed to your money back. Try the original Berry or Black Cherry. I like them both. If you haven't tried it yet, now is the time. Only for the summer. You can try Superbeats, maybe the early fall here. Try Superbeats for only $5.95. Here's how. Call now and get a free box of Superbeats with 10 packets to try and feel the results, plus two free indicator strips for monitoring your nitric oxide levels before and after taking Superbeats. It's just $5.95. You'll love the results, guaranteed. More energy, more stamina, support healthy circulation. What are you waiting for? Call 800 568 9889. That's 800 568 9889. Or go to tomsbeats.com. That's tomsbeats.com. Tago, you are
1: on the air with Tom. Brogan. I remember standing
3: Russell? Okay, Russell is apparently not listening to his phone. Uh, McWayne in Tino Valley, Arizona, you are on the air with Congressman Pocion. Yes, uh,
2: Congressman,
3: I-, I wonder if you might be able to comment on our
2: predator, foe, commander-in-chief's uh, decision to relax the rules of engagement, that what once was collateral is now tactical damage, the indiscriminate killing of men, women, and children, turning everything to rubble so that we can declare victory, um, just taking off the table any diplomatic morality and, for exclusive military barbarity. And at the same time, aren't we creating a, a new generation of what we call terrorists who are strictly freedom fighters, trying to free themselves from the chains of
0: American and European imperialism?
3: There's a mouthful. Uh, Congressman, your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Um, well, McQueen, you know, I think uh, the, the second part you said I think is something that's especially significant in uh, what we do around the world has other actions. And you know, just look at the issue of um, peace in uh, Palestine and Israel. If we were actually able to help uh, move them to a solution, uh, you would take away one of the largest arguments that ISIS uses when they recruit people. Um, because every time they can point to what they say is uh, unbalanced uh, treatment by the United States to other countries, uh, they're able to continue to to somehow prove that, you know, it's us against them. And our actions uh, compiled by, I think, a lot of the actions that President uh, Trump has done by, you know, whether it be the name-calling of other leaders or uh, bad ideas uh, that he's done when it comes to international relations just makes it even worse. So that, in the end, um, I think is a very valid argument that it probably does embolden them in recruitment, which doesn't uh, help our efforts at all. Uh, that, that's why we really think we need to focus more on diplomacy, working with people in regions who actually know the region, um, and not trying to be the world's uh, policeman. If you really want to have a stable world, uh, that is not the best position for the United States.
3: Dave, in Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, you're on the air with Congressman Pocamp.
2: How do you do, Congressman? Dave Turner. I'm from uh, Hot Springs Village now, formerly of Delavan, Wisconsin. Uh, I, I was worried, I'm still worried about the the number of progressive caucus people in Congress. The last time I asked you this question, you mentioned that uh, it was, Fashionable to be progressive. I think there's got to be a better answer than that. And Tom, uh, it, that remark about my
3: class is winning. That was not George Soros. That was Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Thank you, Dave, uh, Congressman. Yeah, Dave. So I, I, I
0: think I'm not sure if I fully understood your question, but I, I think what I've said in the past is we have more people looking to join because. Right now, where the heart of, I think, the Democratic Party and the movement is, is on progressive politics. So, um, you know, when I say more people want to join, we've had people previously that haven't been in the caucus but have voted progressively um, or have voted for our progressive caucus budget, which is a very progressive uh, statement of principles, and haven't been members. So it's not that we're weakening standards to let anyone in who wants to throw the word progressive on their name. But, you know, if people are there supporting our Progressive Caucus budget and supporting our major efforts that we've had around things like Medicare for all or raising the minimum wage to $15, um, certainly uh, we're finding that there's more interest in being a progressive these days than maybe there have been in the last
3: several years. That seems like a good thing. Uh, Bob in South Jersey, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. We have about a minute and a half.
2: Hello?
3: Hey, Bob. Quick question for the congressman. Bob. Hello? Ed. Yeah, Bob, you're on the air.
1: Uh, oh, hi. Uh, I was calling to complain about what Congress from has been saying the position of the Democratic Party is on respect of all these issues. The Republicans have been very effective because they have a few issues and they drive the message home hard. If we fought this tax cut on the basis that the overruns will kill Social Security and Medicare that's the sort of message that you can get through to everybody. But we it's so diverse, people never get our message. Yeah, Bob, I, I, actually on this one I'm disagreeing
0: with you. I, I think you know the bottom line is their message is they're doing a tax cut for the middle class. Uh, Donald Trump said he's not going to benefit, but he's doing it because the middle class needs it. And the reality is the middle class is going to pay for all the tax cuts that they're putting out there for the wealthy. So I think that is a pretty clear, concrete message. Um, You know, you can go into all the other ways they'll also be affected, but the bottom line is they're going to tax people in the middle class more by, by doubling that one deduction and taking away other deductions that middle class people use and raising the lowest rate on the poorest in this country. You're shifting money and making people pay for tax cuts for the wealthy, and I think that's pretty clean Pretty clear, and I think as long as we get that message out there, people will really understand who's on their side.
3: We'll be back with more of your calls for Congressman Mark Pocan and Middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program. Uh, It is midweek, it is midday, and Congressman Mark Pocan is taking your calls his website, pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan, M E R K P O C A N. And we'll be back with more of your calls. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Call 202-808-9925. Back with Middays with Mark Pocan, right after this. When was the last time you looked forward to sitting at your desk all day? Since getting my new X chair not only am I enjoying the time spent in my desk much more than ever... But I can't believe how much more productive i'm being my x chair is unbelievably stylish and thanks to all the ways that you can personalize it it literally molds itself to my body trust me this is not your grandfather's office chair and because i don't need to keep having to take breaks or to stretch my back i'm getting more done in a day than ever before if you spend a lot of time in your office chair every day then you need to try the x chair in fact here's a terrific deal just for my listeners the makers of x chair want you to feel the x chair difference for yourself so if you go to xchairtom.com, that's the letter X, chair, T-H-O-M, dot com, not only will they knock $100 off the price, but they'll even throw in a free footrest if you use the promo code TOM. Just go to xchairtom.com now. I love my X chair, and you will too. So check out X Chair Tom, that's xchairtom.com. Check out xchairtom.com, and be sure to use T-H-O-M in, as the promo code for your $100 discount. Welcome back. Tom Harman here with you. Congressman Mark Pocan taking your calls for the hour. It's our Middays with Mark segment here on the Tom Harman program. Congressman, uh, we, we tried uh, another phone, I, I guess. Uh, is How does everything sound now?
0: Actually, I think it was just that first, uh, when you switched me to the second line, I got rid of the echo and I could hear everybody fine, so we're in great shape.
3: So, you, so it sounds good right now? Yep, it's perfect. Okay, Thank let you. me know if there's any problem, okay? We can just talk about it on the air. It's, it's, it's no problem. Okay. So, uh, Scott, in Wisconsin, you are on the air with Congressman Polkian.
5: Hi, Congressman Polkian. I have a question for you up here in western Wisconsin. Uh, we have a lot of county boards and uh, city councils that are, um, I would say, leaning democratic, but we are under, you know, we always challenge every election by the other party, even though they're these are nonpartisan. And the one issue um, I like to ask is, you you doing a lot of town halls down there, what's the chances you can get Ron Kind and yourself to come up to this uh, western part of Wisconsin, like the the entry into Minnesota, because we have Duffy representing us up here, and so much misinformation, plus these local um, offices are being attacked so much by uh, the state of Wisconsin and getting rid of a lot of our local controls, especially along the rivers is there any chance that someday when you have a break that you can get ron kine and come on up here and rally the troops a little bit because i know this elections coming up this spring is going to be huge for local offices we need the democratic party of wisconsin to also get very engaged because once you lose local control you have nothing and that's just kind of how it is congressman your thoughts yeah i i
0: i hear you scott you know first of all um... What I'm doing is part of an effort the Progressive Caucus has kind of been coordinating, which is called Adopt a District. You know, where we're picking a district and we go into it, and then hopefully we'll keep that relationship. So for me, it's my fifth town hall in Paul Ryan's district, and I'm going to keep going back to Paul Ryan's district. So you know, it's hard to take on additional districts, and you'd have to reach out to Ron uh, himself if he might be able to do that. But you know, uh, I, I certainly appreciate you know Sean Duffy. Um, has been one of the the closest people in Congress to Donald Trump, and uh, yeah, it'd be great to get an upgrade. Dave Obie used to represent that area, and you know he was a, a stellar uh, member of Congress. And I agree with you. You know the the local the Democratic Party does have organizers right now across the state, including in Western Wisconsin, and that's something new. And I think that's exactly what we're trying to do: is build. Um, from local uh, government to state government to federal government. So those things are under play, but uh, I just say if you can reach out to Ron or, or anyone from Minnesota that's just across the, the Mississippi there to come over, if they haven't adopted a district, maybe they'll come by and, and provide you that assistance.
3: Roy, in Newport, Florida. Roy, you're on yeah, here, Congressman. Good afternoon. Uh, Congressman, I was under the impression that Trump
2: eliminated the uh, uh, premium tax credits on the ACA, Obamacare. Uh, sometimes called subsidies, yet I got a, uh, I received a Florida Blue, which is my health care provider down here in Florida, uh,
0: email today assuring me that the premium tax credits, quote, sometimes called subsidies that help with your premiums are not, the word not, in emphasis going away. Could you uh, shed any light on that? I'm, I'm really confused over this. Yeah, I don't know. uh, I haven't seen the email. I can't comment directly to that, but let me comment in this way. I know that the president on Friday said he's going to end those subsidies, and I believe there's already a legal challenge in place to try to stop that from happening. Interestingly, in Wisconsin, we got a call from the insurance commissioner the day before, and our rates in the Affordable Care Act went up 36% in Wisconsin. But the reason they went up 36% is the Republican Governor Scott Walker directed insurance companies to assume they were going to lose the subsidy when they set the rates. So somehow, go go figure, the next day the president makes that announcement, but for months earlier, uh, they were instructed by the state of Wisconsin to assume that's not there. So um, I, I guess what I'm getting at is in many ways it's clear as mud, right, uh, what's happening. Uh, the president may be challenged. Uh, there may be some action with what the Senate did through a bipartisan compromise, but... The president's intention, as stated this weekend by Steve Bannon at a values voter, a so-called values voter summit, was that he did that to try to destroy the Affordable Care Act. And that's still what their ultimate goal is, is to figure out how to destroy it so they can get that tax money uh, back to the wealthy and to insurance companies and big pharma.
3: Well, and in fact, the, uh, the, the insurance commissioner for Pennsylvania, I believe it was, has said that the 30... 30- some odd percent increase that was just announced for Pennsylvania is specifically the result of Trump killing off these uh, cost-sharing uh, payments. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see where this one goes. Uh, let's see. David in Galesville, Maryland. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
2: Yes. Hi, Congressman. I, I'm calling hi, because earlier um, this morning, you, we, we we had a caller who called in and um, uh, said, that he felt the Democrats were losing um, their talk, and they were talking you know, specifically went about tax cuts. And then you went into a definition of why you felt he was wrong, and you explained what Trump was doing. Now, I'm an electrical engineer. Three, you know, like 30 sentences or 30 words into your sentence, I was lost. What Trump would have came out and said, you know, well, you should have came out and said, Trump lied, and, um, and tax cuts are going to go to the risk or something like that, and then that's it. You went into an explanation why you were right. You lost at least me on the phone. And
0: yeah, so well, David, if you would have heard I the viewing of the program, the first thing I said is the biggest lie since I've been in Congress is what they're saying about tax cuts and that the middle class are going to pay and they're not going to be the beneficiaries. So I did did pretty much say that. I think what the caller said is he started getting into one – not necessarily obscure, but one provision on Social Security. So I try to explain to him. while some people may appreciate that, I think broader what they're going to understand is uh, that the middle class, because of losing other exemptions, are going to wind up paying more. So I was going into detail because he gave a detail, but uh, I don't disagree with you at all, David. Uh, bottom line is they're lying to us about what this is, and the middle class will pay more for tax cuts for the wealthy. That is the bottom line, and then I'm giving the actual specifics to show why that happened. So um, I don't think we're in disagreement, David, at all, um, but I do think that that gentleman was going specifically to a provision within Social Security, and that's why I was trying to explain there's lots of provisions, but perhaps the easiest way of explaining is uh, we're being told the middle class family making $50,000 or three kids will pay $1,400 more. That's, I think, fairly clear and understandable for most people to understand.
3: And here's 10 seconds of Harry Truman essentially agreeing with you.
4: These Republican gentlemen can't have it both ways. They can't be for morality on Tuesday and Thursday and then be for special privileges for their clients on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.
3: (laughs) There you go. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. Lowell in Salem, Oregon. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Hi Congressman uh, pokin
0: um, um I I am a you know a strong progressive and I'm you know I see that uh you know as a party platform we have a fight for 15 or we finally you know worked to to get a fight for 15 on the platform but I see that uh Tom Perez the DNC chair has appointed Dan Halpern to be the finance chair for the DMC and he fought against raising the minimum wage. And I'm wondering how we can how we can, you know, as Democrats believe that we're actually fighting for fifteen with Yeah, uh, I think like well, well this is one again we don't want to get in the weeds. If a particular individual is working for the DNC who I don't even know who this individual is, may or may not support a fight for fifteen doesn't mean as much as almost every Democratic uh, representative and senator sponsoring a bill to raise the minimum wage to $15 and the party platform explicitly saying it. So I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to try to find that one thing that is off and wrong, and instead we need to focus on the fact that right now I have never seen the unanimity among Democrats. In support to make sure that we're getting to a fifteen dollars minimum wage, both in sponsorship of bills and in the party platform, and I think that's what's really significant.
3: Rob in Chico, California, you're on the air with Congress in Can I got about a minute and a half to the break here, Rob?
5: Yeah, I'll make it quick. Uh, Tom, you—I know you do. I don't know if the congressperson does often refer to wealthy and rich, kind of as like a dog whistle. Um, so I have two questions: is, is, being, real, is being wealthy and rich? Bad and immoral, and be Congressperson. How do you determine what is a rich person? What is a wealthy person? Do you have exact stats and information? Is it different in San Francisco than Wichita,
3: Congressman?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think when we talk about it, we're referring to at least at the tax levels uh, where people are going to have their taxes uh, dropped from the, the the wealthiest in this country and others. Um, I I don't think most people, I I haven't had a single person raise the issue you just did about what are we defining as wealth, or rich people, I think when they pretty much understand with examples given that someone making $50,000 with three children is going to pay an increase, they understand that probably represents them and the vast majority of people around the median income. Rather than uh, some of the folks who have tools like pass-through income, which is a specific tool that most people never will have access to, or the state tax that only affects two out of every thousand people. So I think when we say maybe it's easier to say with the top one and two percent, and that's a good point, um, and we could do that more effectively. But uh, in general, people seem to understand what we're talking about when we can give a comparison of what the middle class is and those aspiring to be in the middle class.
3: Yeah, and this and this these these tax cuts are going to. Uh, this is this is clear now that, that, that Trump's tax proposals are going to raise taxes on on the poorest among Americans.
0: Yeah, I mean, just by by increasing the bottom rate, you're automatically on the poorest.
3: Right. And then
0: um, by uh, taking away a lot of the deductions, at most 30 percent of middle class might benefit if they don't have children or don't use some of the tax deductions. The
3: vast majority are going to pay more to pay for this. Yeah, majority. Congressman Mark Pocan with us. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives.
3: It's Middays with Mark. More of your calls to Congressman Mark Pocan right after this. And welcome back. And Steve in Fairmount, Indiana, you are on the air with Congressman Mark Pocan. Hi. Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me. Uh, Congressman
2: Pocan, I had a question for you. Um, I keep seeing ads, it's put out by America's Prosperity, about uh, calling my senator and, and uh, making sure that he passes Trump's tax bill. And I'm wondering if that's going on around the United States and if
3: it has any effect. We were certainly seeing them in D.C., Congressman.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure they're doing it, and they're probably targeting even more in places like Wisconsin, where we have a competitive U.S. Senate race coming up. Um, you know, I think just the thing to remember is Americans for Prosperity are for is really Americans for the prosperous. Um, it's uh, you know again a conservative group funded by uh, you know all the the Koch brothers and all the folks that we know that are out there that have a specific agenda, and they'll they'll even put the lie out there even more boldface, baldface than you'll see from. Uh, perhaps the president and the speaker. So, um, you know, they do ultimately have an effect. If just they have the repetitious effect of putting that lie out there, which is why I think the more we can all get on the facts and tell the truth about it, um, you know, this is a terrible tax plan, and I think that message will really get out there. That's exactly why Donald Trump has started his whole fake news uh, mantra, because he doesn't want you to follow the actual facts, and he wants you to have to go to him or whatever his view of facts are. So, you know, I, I do think it has an effect because they keep putting a lie out there. We just have to find our ways to put the truth out there.
3: Ham hey, in Falls Creek, Virginia. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
5: Hi, Congressman Pocan. I wanted to ask a question about a topic that came up recently on the program, and that is the teaching of civics in American public schools. And I wondered if there was any perspective that you know of or facts with regard to when that was. Initiated, and whether it was on a state level, slowly or on a national level. Thank you very much, both of you, for all that you do. Thank you, Pam. Sure, Pam. You know, so I
0: I know that this is a subject that you know we have often talked about: is should you um, have a mandated civics taught? Because obviously, it would provide um, people to be better citizens on multiple levels. And uh, I think you know a lot of those things we would like to see happen. What I would argue is that if people feel like this is something they would like to see in their areas, you know, that's where we could still have more effect is at the local and state levels. I mean, the federal government right now is, is trying to get a good idea done with this Congress, this Senate, and this president is going to be uh, pretty much impossible. But we have uh, states that have Democratic-controlled legislatures, Democratic governors. You have cities that have Democratic mayors or city councils or progressive-leaning ones. And I think uh, that's where we can still impact changes. So if you have a good idea, and, and that is, I think, a good idea, let's try to get that done uh, at the local level. Okay.
3: And uh, let's see here. Joe in Batonport, Iowa. We got a minute to the break. Joe, quick question for the Congressman.
5: Well, I'm just wondering if we don't get right to the point about a small percentage of the people controlling all of the money. How are they going to be able to create a vibrant economy? They don't spend. Whereas the majority of people are the spenders. They need to break loose of historic amounts of profit. And they need to start doing what's right for the America, the patriotic
3: people. Okay, Joe, we'll pick, up, we'll, we'll pick up Congressman Pokehand's answer to your question right after. Have the a break. nice day. A Thank nice you, Joe. Day. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Middays with Mark here on the Tom Hartman Program, Congressman Mark Pocan taking your questions. And uh, Congressman, just a moment ago, Joe called and, and he, he kind of raised this issue that you know for 7,000 years from ancient Samaria through Adam Smith all the way up till 1980, uh, pretty much every economist in the world agreed that economies are stimulated by demand, by people buying things. And that demand then echoes up through the economy and causes businesses to want to fill that demand by hiring new people and building new factories. Um, and then Reagan came along and said, "No, no, no, no. What drives the economy is supply—the amount of stuff out there—and therefore, more rich people, uh... you know, more, more money, more supply. You know, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah." And uh, he's saying basically, "This is a crazy theory. How can we do anything as long as this is the uh, the dominant metaphor that's being used?"
0: Yeah, and I was going to say to Joe, "Amen." Um, you know, I, I think you know the whole idea that if you give money to a few people on top and it might trickle down on some of us—that uh, that's uh, an idea for economic development when my argument has been if you put money in a bunch of people's hands uh, like by raising the minimum wage for example uh, you will sell more sofas more people will go out to eat and go to the movies and do things that actually stimulate the economy but the very rich how many sofas can you buy as a rich person you just can't compete with putting the money at the at the grassroots level and letting it bubble up so you know a rising uh, tide lifts all boats is my economic theory and i think joe put it well
3: Okay. Gary in Phoenix, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, listen,
2: I just wanted to say a couple of things. You had two callers there recently that uh, disagreed with the congressman, said the Democrats need to be a little tougher. Make that three callers now. Uh, Mario Cuomo said about 30 years ago that the Republicans are like a news day. They have a lot of ammunition. None of it's accurate. And why don't we call them on that? And they are going to go after Social Security. They've been trying to do that for 30 years. Let's call it what it is. It's a lie. But now we have alternative facts we
3: have fake news because Democrats are afraid to call them on it.
0: Congressman? Yeah, Gary, so I think the other two, um, actually, they're arguing that uh, they wanted to be more clear and, and concise on how we talk about the tax issue. I don't disagree with you. Make that for people who think uh, Democrats have to be more aggressive. And I'm seeing that happen. The problem is if the corporate media don't pick that up, you would never know it, even though as a progressive caucus we probably have several press conferences a week going very aggressively on these issues. So I think it's easy to say, God, they all stink, don't they? Uh, They're not doing their jobs, when in reality I think a lot of people are getting the message very clear and very succinct and saying, you know, they're lying to you, they're going to raise your taxes, they're taking away your health care. That's exactly the message that's coming out of many, many elected officials. But if it's not picked up by the corporate media, you're not necessarily going to have it. And if they only go to the same 20 people for comments, You may not be hearing it, but trust me, more people are doing that. Um, So I don't disagree with you. I would like uh, more folks in leadership to maybe be a little more clear and um, more succinct on it. But I've been seeing that happen more and more with President Trump. He's making our job awful easy in that
3: regard. Russ in Chicago, you're on with Congressman Pocan.
0: Yeah, Mr.
2: Pocan, I keep hearing about tax cuts. Maybe you can help me. Is this the same one I'm hearing It's a $500 billion tax cut every year for 10 years, which adds up to $1.5 trillion. I don't hear how the Republicans are going to pay for this. And are you guys going to rescind uh, that tax cut the day you take all three branches? Thank you.
1: Yeah,
0: well, first of all, I don't know if they're going to be able to pass this, Russ. I mean, they're having plenty of problems. So we're going to keep those efforts up to stop it. And I think at the end of the day, it'll be a scaled-down cut at best that they may get done just to say they got something done. Um, but uh, you know, what you brought up in the beginning is exactly right. I mean, these, these folks claim that they care about the deficit and debt uh, all the time, and then when it comes to this issue, they're like, well, don't worry, you're going to get some magical, mythical uh, growth out of this that's never, ever going to occur. Uh, that's why you won't have an explosion of debt out of this. When, uh, In the end of the day, either the middle class is going to pay for the tax cuts or they're going to boon uh, the debt by doing this and suddenly they don't seem to care about those issues they want to pass on some myth- mythological idea that instead uh, this will spur this unbelievable amount of growth that no economist actually agrees with
3: Larry in Albuquerque you're on the air with Congressman Pocamp
5: Uh yes uh, congressman I have a uh, simple question here a quick question if uh, in fact the uh, the, the tax uh, reform bill is uh, a tax cut for the rich, which you know we know it is. Uh, I assume that no re- no Democrat will vote for that when it comes to a vote. Uh, and and if they and if a Democrat votes for that tax reform for the rich, then they're in somebody's pocket. So I'm saying if if we have 100 percent of Democrats voting against it, and uh, pick up a couple of Republicans, wouldn't that be enough to not pass it, and uh, those the same way that we did with the health care bill? Uh, you know, I, I agree. Question. I think they're going to have a hard time, because, again, I think
0: there is near unanimity among Democrats against this. Uh, while they're certainly trying to court a few senators that are uh, up in 2018 that they think are uh, in swing districts, and they're trying to uh, affect them to try to get them to vote for this, this current plan, it's very unlikely you're going to find Uh, any Democratic support, and they have a hard time getting all their Republicans on board. If that's true, and that is what the truth is right now, they can't pass this as is unless they make some changes to either first pick up their Republican support, and then maybe after that they'll try to come and get Democrats. But, you know, um, there have been almost no efforts to actually do anything in a bipartisan way this session yet. I doubt unless they're really desperate, and they're not going to be able to get it unless they have a very different plan than they're offering now
3: congressman we just have a minute till the end of the hour uh... thoughts on what we should be looking for this week, and and uh, activism suggestions
0: you know i think uh... really the tax plan um, and health care are still the two big issues and they're probably gonna be for a while uh... but people should still be calling their uh, members of congress and their senators and making sure that they're expressing that they don't want uh... to have a tax cut for the wealthy uh, on the backs of the middle class and that they should be making sure they're calling about health care and saying, don't you dare uh, take away our health care and uh, fighting to get uh, you know, a, a fix to the Affordable Care Act because I think that still is something that's viable uh, in this congress so um, and then to keep aspirational you know i think for most of us we want to go to medicare for all the single payer system it won't happen with paul ryan as speaker but that's why we're trying to do our best to make sure paul ryan's not speaker in 2018
3: there you go Congressman mark Pocan. you can tweet him at rep mark pokan his website pocan.house.gov. congressman thanks so much for being with us today absolutely not. thank you great talk we will be back
1: listening to Tom Hartman.
3: Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Uh, there is a lot going on in the news and in the world today. I want to cover some of these things. But also, I want to put it in, the, in, a, in a larger context, in a larger frame. And that is how, as you know, I quoted Mark Twain, uh, I think it was on Monday. In the op-ed I wrote for Alternate about how this is hardly the America that I grew up in. You know, the America that, that I knew is, is largely gone. The, 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 the small-D democracy, the, the, you know, the functioning democracy uh, is largely gone. And, and we should have seen the warning signs coming. And whether it's the, you know, the, the defunding of the Children's Health Insurance Program or whether it's the, the tax cut that's going to cut into both Medicare and Social Security, uh, whatever it may be, and, 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 of course, give great tax benefits to rich people and raise taxes on, on the working poor, uh, no matter what it is, this is part of an old and long story. And, and Harry Truman addressed this in a big way a number of times. And, and I want to play a, a couple of clips from Harry Truman's uh, his acceptance address. This was in 1948. He was the president of the United States at that point in time, but only because Franklin Roosevelt had had a stroke and died in office. And so it was really his first. Harry Truman, had, first of all, he'd only been vice president for a couple of years. He was the third vice president that FDR had. And secondly, it was his first run for the White House. And so he's just, you know, he's running for president on. You know, okay, I've been president for a couple of years here, but you know we've got to move this country forward, and and we're going to take on the Republicans. So this is this is Harry Truman, the president of the United States in 1948, accepting the Democratic nomination for his second term as president, which of course he won. Here he is.
4: The people know the Democratic Party is the people's party, and the
3: Republicans. I'm going to start that over again. Here we go. The
4: people know the Democratic Party is the people's party, and the Republican Party is the party of special interest, and it always has been and always will be.
3: Yeah. And and apparently the, and it always will
4: be, is like, shockingly true. I'd like to say a word or two now about what I think the Republican philosophy is. And I'll speak from actions and from history and from experience. The situation in 1932 was due to the policies of the Republican Party control of the government of the United States.
3: That would be the Great Depression, Mr.
4: The Republican Party, as I said a while ago, favors the privileged few and not the common everyday man. Ever since its inception, that party has been under the control of special privilege, and they concretely proved it in the 80th Congress.
3: Now, this was the one where they, you know,
4: The field of it. labor, we needed moderate legislation to promote labor management harmony. But Congress instead passed that so-called Taft-Hartley Act, which has disrupted labor management relations and will cause strife and bitterness for years to come if it's not repealed, and the Democratic platform says it ought to be repealed. There you go. They've
3: been calling for the repeal of Jack Hartley ever since 1948, but it's still the law of the land, unfortunately. I
4: tried to strengthen the Labor Department. The Republican platform of 1944 said, if they were in power, they'd build up a strong Labor Department. You know what they've done to the Labor Department? They've simply torn it up. There's only one bureau left that's functioning and they cut the appropriation on that so it can't hardly function. I recommended an increase in the minimum wage. What'd they get? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So this is not new. I suggested that the schools in this country are crowded, teachers underpaid, that there are a shortage of teachers. One of the greatest national needs more and better schools. I urge the Congress to provide three hundred million dollars to aid the states in meeting the present educational crisis.
1: And
3: what did they do? Congress did nothing about it. Nothing about it. This is the two years Republicans. Time have been and again,
4: done. I have recommended improvements in Social Security law, including extending protection to those not now covered, increase the amounts of the benefits. Reduce the eligibility age of women from 65 to 60 years. Congress studied the matter for two years, but couldn't find time to extend the increased benefits. But it did find time to take Social Security of benefits away from 750,000 people, and they passed that over my veto. All
3: right. And this was, this was the two years that the Republicans controlled the House of Representatives, 47, 48. The only I've
4: repeatedly asked the Congress to pass a health program. The nation suffers from lack of medical care. That situation can be remedied anytime the Congress wants to act upon it. Harry Truman actually
3: proposed single-payer health care in
4: 40 Everybody knows that I recommended to the Congress's civil rights program. I did so because I believe it to be my duty under the Constitution. Some of the members of my own party disagree with me violently on this matter. Like but Strong they Thurman. stand up and do it openly. People can tell where they stand But the Republicans all profess to be for these measures, but the 80th Congress didn't fail to act. They had enough men there to do it, and they could have had culture. They didn't have to have a filibuster. There are enough people in that Congress that would vote for culture. The Republicans. Everybody likes to have low taxes, but we must reduce the national debt in times of prosperity, and when tax relief can be given, it ought to go to those who need it most. And not go to those who need it, least as this Republican rich man's tax bill did when they passed it over my veto on the third try. This is
3: 1948. And mm-hmm. you starting to feel déjà vu-ish. I mean, just listen to this list of issues. He continues. The first one of these tax
4: bills they sent me was so rotten that they couldn't even stomach it themselves. They finally did send one that was somewhat improved but it still helps the rich and sticks the knife into the back of the poor. The Republican platform urges extending and increasing social security benefits. Think of that, increasing social security benefits. And yet when they had the opportunity, they took 750,000 people off the social security roll.
3: Republicans cut people from Social Security in
4: 48. I wonder if they think they can fool the people of the United States with such poppycock as that. Yeah, they do think they can do it, and they've been doing
3: it ever since 48.
4: The American people will not decide by listening to mere words or by reading a mere platform. They'll decide on the record, the record as it has been written. If the media would report. And the record is the stark truth at the battle lines in 1948... Are the same as they were back in 1932 when the nation lay prostrate and helpless as a result of Republican misrule and inaction. In 1932, we were attacking the citadel of special privilege and greed. We were fighting to drive the money changers from the temple. Today, in 1948, we are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity the haven of the ordinary
3: people of this land, and not of the favored classes or the powerful few. There you go. So that was Harry Truman in 1948 accepting the Democratic Party's nomination to run as their candidate for president of the United States for the uh, for a second term. He accepted the nomination. He won. They used to call him Give Him, give him Hell Harry. And Harry uh, Truman famously said, you know, they say I, I like to give them hell, but I just tell the truth and they think it's hell. Uh, the they that he's speaking of, of course, being the Republican Party and the, the Republicans. But what we're seeing here, I mean, Harry Truman just went through this list. They're, they're they're tearing apart the Labor Department. Surprise! I mean, Reagan put that on steroids, but they're still working at it. You got an anti-labor guy running the Labor Department right now. Uh, they're they, you know they're cutting taxes on the rich and saying that they're cutting taxes for ordinary people and lying to us. They want to cut Social Security. In fact, they did cut Social Security in 1948. The Republicans. Harry Truman vetoed it, and they passed it again over his veto. Amazing. We'll be back. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We bring this back around to today. More of the news of the day and your calls right after. Eugene in Laurel, Delaware. Hey, Eugene, what's on your mind today? Eugene? Okay, no, Eugene. Dick? in, uh, oh, I don't have a city for you, Dick. What's up? I'm in Post Falls, Idaho, but thanks. Great. hey, you
2: Thank know, you. about 30 years ago, I thought I was a Republican. And the reason I did, all I did was listen to AM radio all day long. And that's all I heard was, you know, the regular right wing guys. Yep. Until this, until we figure out how to get more constructive, Destruction guys listening to something different. The other day, I was walking around a new subdivision that we just moved into. The guy on a excavator had Rush Limbaugh blaring out of his excavator where you could hear it a block away. And there was a whole crew of guys with shovels just l- sitting on their shovel handles listening to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. And I'm saying, holy cow. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, we need we need to change. We need more of these guys that used to be Democrats voting Democrat again, and until we get you on more AM radio stations, I don't think it's going to change, Tom. Well, it's
3: not just me, Dick. It's, this, this is a larger oh, no. uh, sympt- systematic no, thing. When when Lewis Powell in 1971 wrote his memo to Eugene Sindor at the, at the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, he basically said, you know, we've got to take over the infrastructure of the United States. We've got to take over the the, the channels of information. And what has happened is through through uh, agglomeration, through 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 uh, you know merge mergers and acquisitions. Uh, in large part, you've got some very very partisan corporations now controlling uh, most of the radio stations in this country and many of the television stations. And if Sinclair gets the merger that they want, they'll have they'll be in 72 percent of American households. Um, this, they're, they're just doing what Lewis Powell suggested and it's worked. You're absolutely right. It is, it is an enormously successful and enormously effective propaganda machine. And people, you know, that guy driving the backhoe is listening to Rush Limbaugh, who's making millions of dollars a year and thinking that Rush Limbaugh is telling him, you know, uh, the perspective of the average working person. And he's not. Limbaugh is reflecting the perspective of the billionaire class and how the billionaire class wants construction workers to think. And it's really sad that they get sucked into this stuff. It really, really is. Dick, thanks a lot for the call. Craig in Hayward, California. Hey, Craig, what's on your mind today? Hi,
2: hey, Dom. Um, on the topic of the um, national narcissism, I wanted to mention a book. Um, that was written by Michael Perinty called Super Patriotism back in 2004. Okay. And it addresses that topic directly, and it points out the difference between what real patriotism is and what he calls super patriotism, which are these people who are after nothing but sort of ego-feeding, we're the best, chanting, waving the flag. And um, I think it's a good book to give to right-wingers who who do that kind of thing to kind of help them gain some insight into what they're doing. And um, and, you know, and he also makes the point that the people who are pushing that form of patriotism um, are typically ones who are really hurting the country by, you know, for their own profits as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, Henry Wallace talks about this in a 1946 editorial, I think it was 1944, yeah it was, it was 1944, editorial in uh, either March or June of uh, 1944 in the New York Times, in which he talked about these conservatives and he said they claim to be super patriots. But they're actually spokesmen for vested interest and monopoly, and you know they 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 claim to love the Constitution, but you know they're they're in practice tearing it down. It's a really really brilliant piece. So if you Google Henry Wallace in quotes and my name in quotes, you'll find several articles I've written about it. But again, this is nothing new. But uh, thanks for the tip on Michael Perdys book. He's a great guy. And uh, yeah, (laughs) meet the meet the new boss, same as the old boss. In this case, meet the new propaganda, and the real propaganda. Craig, thanks a lot for the call. Thank you to all of you who have been calling, listening, participating, and most importantly, uh, participating in our democracy. Thanks so much. And we will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. Get out there, get active, tag your end.
1: You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.